Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading! This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello and welcome to the Fun Kids Book Club podcast. This is our best of the year. We have chatted to loads of authors this year. So in this episode, you can hear Greg James and Chris Smith, Harry Hill, David Solomons, Robin Stevens, Sam Copeland and A.M. Howell. Let's kick it off with that time that Greg James and Chris Smith came into the Fun Kids studio. Uh, I'm joined by Chris Smith and Greg James. Hello! Hello! I was trying to put you off before we started and it worked. Yeah, no, it did a little bit, yeah, because you were kind of doing your vocal exercises. One, two, one, two. Did you do that every morning for the show? Don't you get up about three o'clock in the morning and do that for an Just hour? Just do that, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. An hour solid while doing yoga. Why do you do it outside my window? <laughs> <laughs> it's really annoying. I want you to stop. You're disturbing my cat. Um, so are you going to do the whole thing in song? The whole no, I, song? I won't be annoying for the whole thing. I'm very No, sorry. no, it's fine. No, I love it. Um, we um, should mention you've got a book out. Probably should tell people that. Yes, well, we, we've been on Fun Kids a couple of times to talk about Kid Normal and we feel like... Kid Normal's natural home is Fun Kids, and your amazing listeners seem to really enjoy reading our books, so we love coming back to talk to them about anything else we do. So we've got the third book, Kid Normal and the Shadow Machine, is is our new book, and it's the third one in the series. It's quite amazing, isn't it, that we've published three books. I have to Mm. pinch myself, just so you don't pinch me for me, because I also hate that. Can you pinch me to check that we're not? Yep. Ah! Unnecessarily hard. That was good. Yeah, good. still there. We're awake. Yeah, yeah. good. It's um, real life. No, we, we've we've uh, we love this story very very much. We we love all the stories, but this one in particular, we feel like I I want I, I dare to say I think we've improved as writers. I think so. I think so. Yeah, it's got uh, it's got sort of. Uh, I mean, it's still got lots of stupidity in it. Don't worry. Good. There is lots of ridiculousness. There is a huge fight with vegetables. There's all kinds of ridiculousness going on. But underneath it, I suppose there's always been a kind of serious plot underneath the kid normal books. But this one is quite, uh, well, I mean, without giving too much away, we had to write our characters having a bit of an argument, a bit of a falling out for the first time ever, which was really hard to do. Yeah, Murph has a bit of a tough time of it, doesn't he? He has a very tough time of it. We can't reveal why, because that would completely ruin the plot. I know, because I've read the book, obviously, and really, really loved it. And then I was like, what can I mention that wouldn't spoiler it for (laughs) the listeners? It's quite tricky. Also, you say you've read it, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that's... We'd like to say thank you. Oh, okay. That's, that's, actually, books, yeah. not, that's very professional of you. Not not that many people will bother to do that before they do an interview, so thanks. That's all right. I've got to do I mean, it's a great book anyway, so it's not hardship, let's face it. So where we pick it up is uh, at the end of uh, Kid Normal and the Rogue Heroes, which was the second book. Yes. And spoiler alert, if you haven't read that one yet, there was a huge jailbreak and the planet's most dangerous supervillains are now out and about. Uh, and the Heroes Alliance uh, and Murph and his friends who are members of the Alliance are really stretched to kind of uh, keep this kind of locked down because the world of heroes has got to remain secret. But Magpie, of course, who's the worst villain of all, has got some very, very, very sneaky plans and he's particularly angry with Murph and he's got a dastardly plan to kind of get his revenge. Uh, it's, it's one of those... It's the, the, you'll realise when you start reading it that uh, not everything is as it seems in the first uh, couple of chapters in particular. Mm. You'll go, 
What has what's going on here? Yes, that's exactly it. That's a great way of not spoiling it, but also yeah, that's yes. great. That's perfect. Um, in the book, you obviously have lots of action scenes. Do you act them out with each other when you're <laughs> kind of like writing it? Yes. Absolutely. Yes, you yes. do. <laughs> Very yeah, much yeah, so. we do. That's one of the joys of actually writing together is that we get to do all the dialogue with each other. So this, oh. these are also in audio book form, but that's sort of how we write them as well. Right. One of us will suddenly be Magpie for half an hour. That's pretty fun. Or you'll be Mr. Flash for a little bit. Being Mr. Flash is the most fun. I think. <laughs> right? And Mr. Superman as well, who's the the head teacher of the school, who gets his words a bit mixed up. Sometimes. I do feel a bit sorry for him. Yeah, we do very much yeah. love Mr. Superman. He's fun to do. So yeah, we act them out. And I think because we sort of both come from a radio background. You know, as you'll know, part of doing radio is that you can see the pictures in your head. Mm. So I think we can really clearly see these kind of action scenes in our heads as we're as we're doing it. So we like writing big, massive fights and inventing new flying machines and new scary supervillains. Partly because if it ever does get made into a film, it'll just get really more and more expensive and complicated <laughs> as the books go on. We're like, now this time we've got another flying car and it's slightly <laughs> more expensive than the last one. There's something amazing about, and I'm sure your listeners who write stories will agree with this, is that you can write anything. You can sort of write yeah. yourself out of any minor problem that you might have. You go, oh, we need to get them from there to the battle. How do we we'll just make up a plane? And then you just suddenly go, how do we, hang on, how, how do they get up to the top of that, the top of that wall? Oh, well, I'll just put springs in his feet. Obviously, so you yeah, can, sure. So you can just make up these things, and it's, that is actually really exciting. Because there is one more out, right? There's just <laughs> one, one more in the... There will be one more next March, yeah. March 2020. Um, but we haven't started writing it yet, so mm. I can't spoil that fine. for you. We actually think this is quite a good um, way to get into the series, actually. This did, we deliberately wrote the third one like this because it, it sums everything up nicely yeah, yeah. and sits on its own as its own adventure. And then when you finish it, you might go, do you know what? I was going to see how this all started. But if you were to dive into this and now, mm-hmm. you wouldn't go, well, look. What's all this about? You can totally get it straight away. Yeah, yeah. Hope and so. also, very handily, there's a little uh, the first chapter of the first book is at the back, right? Of course, yes. It's a very, very sneaky way of getting people See? to just maybe go back and get the first book. Yeah, very clever. Do you want to know a trade secret why that's actually there, Bex? Always, because the pages of a book have to be uh, in, in a number that's divisible by sixteen. And there were some spare ones at the back. No. <laughs> yeah, true. Is that why? Yeah. Trade book secret there. But we just thought we have a bit of space at the back. What should we do? Should we do some doodles? Yeah. Shall we write the lyrics to a, a musical? <laughs> uh, no. We'll, do that. We, do that next time. <laughs> next time. Kid Normal the musical. We were kind of out of time. We just thought we'd just do a spare, like a blank page for sort of knots and crosses or something. Sure, just but we thought this notes. is more creative. Uh, now, um, every author who comes in does my little quick fire round of questions. <laughs> is it okay to start with you right yeah. now? Yeah. Like, no judgment. Was that, was that but... one of the questions? Hang on, do, ask the question again. Is it okay to yes. snap? Yep. Okay, good. You already got the quick fire round. Yes. Better than most authors already. We have, we know. Thank you very much. Is this, okay. this is so tense. Okay, books or Kindles? Books. Wow. Um, heroes or villains? Heroes. Villains. <gasps> oh, very telling. Okay. Not because they're the ones I love, but they are the most fun to write. Mm. Like doing, especially Nectar from the first book, who was the evil half man, half wasp. Quick know, fire round. I'm always in the quick fire <laughs> round. Quick fire, quick fire, quick fire. so this, much fun. This is how it always yes. happens, don't worry. Come okay, um, Angel or Mary? Mary. Oh. Film adaptation or TV adaptation? Oh, that's oh. a great question. Both. Both. <laughs> Optimistic. Good. I like yeah. it. Good. Why okay. Not? One after the other. Yeah. 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 Uh, Film right. adaptation followed by TV tie-in. Yes. Great. Great. <laughs> great. great merchandising. Uh, writing or reading? Writing. Are you writing? Yes. Okay. Uh, probably have to say that for the brand, really. Uh, Batman or Superman? Superman. Batman. Ooh. Controversial. Hogwarts or Narnia? Oh, that's so oh hard. Oh, my God, the hardest question we've ever been asked. So wow, hard. yes, made it, finally. Narnia. <gasps> Hogwarts. Sorry. Hogwarts, okay. Uh, Sorry, Joker Rowling. Ravenclaw forever. Uh, laptop or right by hand? Hand. Laptop. 
But not not for not the book. <laughs> no, that would take a long just time. That'd be ridiculous. But I quite like doodling. Okay. Not writing nonsense. Right, that's okay. That's allowed. Yeah. I doodle on my laptop because it's a touchscreen. <laughs> it's all right for some, isn't it? It's not too bad. Uh, Roald Dahl or Jacqueline Wilson? Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl. Thought that might be the answer. Uh, books or radio? Radio. Oh, books. Okay. Okay. Uh, bookshop visit or school tour? School tour. Oh, we love doing school events. Oh, They're good, okay. so brilliant. The school stuff. We're doing quite a lot, actually, for, for this book. We're doing some school stuff. We. It's the most fun because yeah. it's confirmation that the people you're writing the books for enjoy the books you're, you're there and if they're coming up to you with questions about the characters you're like okay good well that got into your head so that will keep doing it and also we love it because our live event is really silly and we make up a story and there's lots of running around and shouting and being crazy characters we normally do them at assembly time and then we just hand the kids back to the teachers like really wired and ready the to go the equivalent of giving them loads of sugar and then yeah. be like bye then exactly. see you later like, good yeah. luck with that <laughs> <laughs> I bet the teachers love you so much Yes. also do. it's quite good because we get to look, snoop around the school but sort of backstage mm. so we see all the workings of the school sometimes we're allowed in the staff room the staff room is the best bit right yeah yeah, yeah it's really cool it still yeah. makes me nervous yeah. you're going in a staff room it's like a it holy of holies isn't it smell a bit weird as well yeah sometimes oh coffee it's yeah like coffee and sweat yes um yeah. do you write nine to five or do you write when you fancy well we can't really write nine to five because we have got stuff know, on really other you? stuff going on so yeah. we, we've written more often in the evenings haven't we so mm. it's yeah when we fancy five to nine and who, who does the typing out of interest we swap around. We do switch around a bit. I, I quite like pacing. Uh, okay. Chris is sort of better at concentrating than I am. So you, you probably are a better typist. He's just typing. a child, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last question is the biggest one and the most controversial one. Salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Salt and vinegar. Salt. Are you... What is wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Oh, salt man. and vinegar. Um, well, so salt and vinegar was the correct answer. The rest of them, I didn't mind what you said. But sadly, the, that was, that was the main one. So, yeah. shall I do, I have to so go. sorry, Chris. Yeah. I have to go. Fine. It was lovely. It was nice that you came. But well, I'm glad you've enjoyed chatting about Kid Normal and the Shadow <laughs> Machine by Greg James. Some other guy who's no longer relevant. Some guy who just likes <laughs> cheese and onion. Um, Kid Normal and the Shadow Machine is out right now. <gasps> yes. Hooray. In shops and... On the World Wide Web. On the whole of the internet. How does that even work? So everybody should go buy it, like, immediately, I guess. Well, I don't think everybody has to buy it. They should, though. That would sound a bit bossy of us. I mean, we we would love it if everybody bought it. Yeah. That would be great. That would, you know... Yeah. If you like like fun... Yes, I do. you should buy the book. Okay. And if you like the idea of reading and escaping into a magical world where anything can happen, then also you should buy it. Also, if you like... Um, dogs. Yeah. You should buy it. If you like salt and vinegar flavour crisps, <laughs> yeah. or if you don't like them and you prefer a different flavour of crisps, that's fine. You should buy the book. If you don't like laughing, yes. you should not. This book is not for you. It's just no. for people who don't like laughing. They're not for them. If you don't not like laughing, if you don't right. like adventures, don't buy it. Yeah. Okay. Buy something duller. Yeah, like a, um, a pencil. A pen. Okay, and then write your own book, I guess. You could do. Yeah. yeah now you've made it exciting. <laughs> okay. There's so many rules to Kid Normal. I didn't realise this. <laughs> it's only when you start writing them down. Oh yeah. man. So okay. I, I I like adventures. I like uh, laughing. Um. I also um like all crisps, but most, mostly something. And mm-hmm. dogs. So that means I can have this book. Please. What do you know? What have this copy. <gasps> Thanks. Cheers, man. Thanks. Brilliant. Uh, Kid Normal out right now. So it's time to welcome into the studio Imogen, my book expert. Hello. Hello. So I said my as if I own you. I don't own you. No. But you are a book expert. I am. Tell me about your year in books. Oh, we've had such a great year in books, Bex. We've had, um, not a million, but close to a million 
wonderful book recommendations this year and so I thought I would pepper in some of my favourites from this year. Brilliant stuff. So we're going to find out what do you reckon has been the biggest books of the year. Okay, the first one is Emma Carroll, The Somerset Tsunami. I've interviewed Emma Carroll before. She's lovely. She is lovely. Mm. Uh, And she is known as the queen of historical fiction. She is indeed, yeah. And this is no different. This is a book all about a girl called Fortune Sharp. And she carves a boat from a tree with her brother Jem. And she's only having a bit of fun. But um, it's not the time in in the universe to be drawing attention to yourself as a girl anyway and she is sent away to find work dressed as a boy because girls don't really work um, but the boys do and luckily a manor house is hiring because they're super rich and they need all the workers so uh, this manor house is called Barrow Hall and its inhabitants have lots of dangerous dark secrets there is a suspicious owner hunting for witches and the house is really close to the sea and there is a suspicious grimly named Dr Blood who is he and what is Susanna hiding and what is going on that is all the questions that you will encounter in the book (laughs) so many questions and more and it's a really really great book um it's got wonderful characters it's got mystery it's got questions it's got all the things that you want from a book especially coming up to october and it's a bit a little bit creepy but not hugely creepy but I was going to say, it seems yeah. a bit magical, a bit nice for autumn, like to sit down yes. and just like relax and just read a little yeah. like cosy book. Get yourself in a corner with a with a blanket and a cup of hot cocoa <laughs> and uh, dive into the past. You sound almost as historical as Emma Carroll's books do. Wow. Exactly. That's right. my point. Uh, what is next? It's Tom McLaughlin and it's The Accidental Rockstar this time around. Uh, we've had The Accidental president we've had the accidental father christmas we had the accidental billionaire we've had the accidental prime minister and the accidental secret agent <laughs> and now we're back with rock stars so somehow with the aid of a recorder a keyboard and a really disturbed cat called nigel hector and his best mate ollie have made a brand new hit single and everyone wants a piece of them they are the hot ticket everywhere their band is called the twerps <laughs> listen out for them um and they have always dreamed of fame but uh they kind of realize that fame is not all that is cracked up to be um and there is a big record company called big records and um there may it may be run by a criminal mastermind we don't know <laughs> uh, and it's full of lols and fun and great illustrations and as usual tom mclaughlin has really just knocked out the park with all the fun it's a really book. fun series of books. I've Absolutely. read the President and the Prime Minister ones and they're really cool. So yeah. I think this one is going to be really, really good as well. Absolutely. It's so good. Uh, what is up next on your recommendations? Next is a brilliant book. I inhaled this in approximately half an hour. Okay. It's called King Dave, Royalty for Beginners by Ellis Dolan. Now, uh, Ellis has written a couple of these books before, including uh, Knighthood for Beginners and Wizarding for Beginners. Now, in this this book the uh king goes away um and king dave is kind of like his trusty uh person that he uh likes to like 
kind of leaves it too does he look, yeah, him look so after the, it so when the, the king kind of goes away because he's going to this conference uh, convention thing um, with the Queen Belinda of Potato Land okay. he leaves uh, Dave and Dave's trusty steed Albrecht um, to run the kingdom and um, it all goes a bit Bonkers, if I'm honest with you, Bex. It all goes a bit awry, and the, at the end, there's a there's a battle. The queen tries to st- t- 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 take over the land. Uh, the potato queen. Um, he, she tries to take over the land. Dave goes a bit manic. Albrecht gets kicked out of the kingdom. He comes and saves the day. It's all very wonderful. It's hilarious. It's great. Go and read it. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, I will. Thank you. Uh, great. What's up next? The next is called Lampy and the Children of the Sea by Annette Sharp. And this was originally written in Dutch, I believe, and has now been translated into the English. And it is a wonderful book. If you love fairy tales, if you love pirates, if you love really good stories and really good characters, this is book for you. There's another one. Who's going to say no? Who's going to say no? I don't love really good characters and stories. No one's going to say no. (laughs) And it's another one of those turn the light back on books okay and i will tell you what it is about i like that description now of books is it a turn the light back on book it's a turn the light back on book and talking of light dun 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 amelia lives in a lighthouse Mm. uh, with her dad who has a wooden leg um and so therefore he makes his daughter do all the work Um, and in the town everyone calls her Lampy or Little Lamp so during a really bad storm Lampy realises she's forgotten to buy matches which is a big issue in a lighthouse because you need to put that light on to stop people crashing Mm. and boats and things Sure, Um, but she does forget to buy the matches so the lighthouse lamp remains unlit and a ship (gasps) wrecks itself into the rocks as punishment her dad is then locked up in the lighthouse what and lampy is made to work as a cleaner for seven years at the admiral's spooky house where (laughs) everyone says a monster lives this is taking a turn i know yeah as if that wasn't enough she makes friends with the housekeeper there and her son and there is one room that she's not allowed to go and she gets very what's it called Uh, Intrigued? And she gets very intrigued about this room. Now, I'm not going to go too much into this, Mm. but there is a monster. You see, the story is told from lots of different perspectives, including people who are past, like Lampy's mum. Even the wind is given its own voice. Wow. Also, it kind of gives you vibes of, like, the secret garden, where there's a mysterious place. Uh, The Little Mermaid comes into it. There's pirates. And none of this seems weird in the book. It all seems perfectly natural, and it's just just great. Wow, I'm sold. I need to read it right now. You must. Okay, that's brilliant. Uh, Imogen, thank you so much. Uh, We should say the name of that book again, I guess. Uh, That is Lampy and the Children of the Sea. It is indeed. Great. And finally, I can see you've got, I think, what uh, is the sequel to one of my favourite books I've read recently. Yes, so this is a sequel to Charlie Changes Into a Chicken and it is Charlie Turns Into a T-Rex by Sam Copeland and again, another brilliant, very funny book Mm -hmm. Um, and if you haven't read the first one A, what are you doing? Absolutely Uh, You need to do it and also, it's kind of 
I'm going to read a bit from the book. This is an author's note, very early, page six, very <laughs> early on the book, so not really big spoilers. But he says, if you haven't read book one in this series, Charlie Changed Into a Chicken, then you're probably pretty confused about what's going on right now. Tough luck, you should have bought book one. If you come waltzing in here thinking, oh, I don't need book one, I'm very clever and I'm sure I'll work out what's happening as I go along. Well, now who looks silly? You haven't got a clue what's going on, have you? I love it so much. So good. There's lots of kind of like in-jokes. He does little footnotes yeah. at the bottom of the page that kind of explain, but also they're very funny. Um, oh, I should probably tell you about what goes on in the book. <laughs> um, so Charlie McGuffin has a problem where, if you haven't read the book, first book, spoiler, he turns into different animals when he's stressed or upset or whatever. And him and his friends learn that it is when he's stressed and upset. So they try and keep him calm at all times and then in this book basically his family are going through a bit of a tough time um and it's looking like they're gonna have to move out of their house and tighten the purse strings because they don't have very much money they're gonna have to move in with aunt brenda and her 17 cats <laughs> and it's all very very stressful and obviously when charlie gets stressed he turns into animals and then him and his friends are trying to save the day um and wonder what's going on with his family because his dad's business is being squashed by this big other business. Oh my goodness. So they try and win back this, the money that's rightly his dad's oh. and it all goes a bit Pete Tong um, but they need to make sure that Charlie doesn't get so stressed that he stays as a pigeon forever um, and yeah. I, just, can't, I genuinely can't wait to read it. When I saw it in the Funkist studio I was like yes that is on my must read list immediately. Absolutely and uh, there's something in here for everyone like young kids are gonna love it older kids are gonna love it there's something for everyone mums and dads love it as well it's genuinely funny excellent stuff next up let's go back to when i had a little chat with harry hill uh this is bex in the club and i'm joined by the author and comedian harry hill hello hello how are you i am good how are you good yeah are you super busy at the moment uh well i've just recorded this might be of interest to your um listeners the um Junior Bake Off is coming back to Channel 4. That is not just interesting to listeners, but also to me as well, personally. Yeah. Yes. So um, I spent three weeks in the summer in uh, in a tent with the uh, with 20 uh, young bakers. 20? Well, there were two groups of 10. Right, OK. Uh, they whittled down the first 10 to 5 and the second 10 to 5, and then it's 5 versus 5, they whittled till we get the uh, the baker so that was a lot of fun and yeah. how much cake did you eat well i'm because i'm the host there is no point in the format for the host to eat any cake yeah right? but... so it's basically whatever you can grab yeah i do a smash and grab like obviously after they've been judged but i would have grabbed pretty much everything i possibly could yeah well that's what that's basically what i did you know there's that bit where they say uh oh come and uh, enjoy each other's um you know after they've been marked mm-hmm. on the table at the front oh do they share it round? So they all so they all pile in and help themselves. You know, the idea being that they can taste the best. You know, the thing that won and the thing that you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, and so and so I would go in there and and uh, and then there's another bit at the end after the showstopper bit where you don't see it. They edit this out of the TV show where the host uh, takes the plate that they've just been trying to. You know, so yeah. Uh, and then uh, so I would take the plate and you have to, I'd have to go and swap it with a clean plate. So as oh, I was right. walking over, I would eat what was left on the plate. I was going to say, so you're doing the job of a waiter, but actually it's quite yeah, nice. Yeah, it's like a being a, a glorified waiter. Yeah, yeah, but with extra cake. Uh, right, so we should probably talk about your brand new book, yes. I suppose. So I've been doing that, and of course, 
I have this new book out. It's the third book in the Matt Mill series. It is the third one, yeah. And uh, <laughs> first of all, I loved it. I've read it and loved it. But Matt is just a lovely character. Like, yeah. in this book, he's so gracious and so kind. based on me. That's why he's so lovely. Sure, yeah, that's what it is. Because my real name is Matt. You know, some people may know that. So tell us a little bit about what happens to Matt in the book. Uh, so this one, so, th- you know, the first one, he is, uh, you know, he enters show business for the first time and mm-hmm. he... He enters a big TV talent competition. Then the second one, he's sort of dealing with his fame, isn't he? And, yes. And trying to maintain it. And in the third one, we join him some months after his uh, peak. He's on. The, he's on a bit of a downer. He's on this on Skid Row. Yeah, he really is. He feels like he's over before yeah. he's turned forty. He's thirteen, right? And he's like, everything's yeah. done now. Yeah. That's me. That's My me life out. is over. And yeah. he lives in rural Kent, so there's very few opportunities for a stand-up comedian. I yeah. can vouch for that because that's where I grew up. Right. And um, so he's desperate for for gigs, and then his manager, Kitty Kissing. Hope, yeah, comes up with a, a brilliant plan. Should we talk about that? Give that away, yes. Absolutely, so he, yeah. The main bulk of the book is him going up to the Edinburgh Festival, the Fringe Festivals. So if you've never been, and I think you have been. I, I've definitely been, yeah, yeah. For anyone listening who hasn't been, it's a, I mean, it's just thousands of shows. It's the most fun place. And it's not just stand-up comedians, it's plays, serious plays and singing and people on stilts and... Uh, it's just madness for a month, isn't it? Really, and the great, yes. And unlike a lot of festivals, so if you go to, if you're going to want to appear on uh, the stage at Glastonbury, someone has to ask you. Yes, Edinburgh, anyone can go. All you have to do is fill out the form and pay the money. This reflects my first experience in Edinburgh. So I'd never even been up, and I uh, I wrote this uh, comedy play. Okay, and we booked this. Um, uh, venue without seeing it and it was a leisure centre so you could get a free swim skirts. yeah well the great thing about it was actually the the french fries oh which is also yeah. in the book yeah. is this book basically just your diary then is that, <laughs> is that what it is a lot of it is you know so I, you know i was uh, at that time sticking up my own posters so i would go out with a you know yeah doing all the flyering so in the book uh matt also has a new kid in school to to oh, make he's friends got a with. rival yeah <clears throat> yes. Now this is the real jeopardy, I suppose, because he's uh, there's a new boy arrives, and um, he uh, he turns out to be f- funnier. Mm, which for a comedian, very difficult to deal yeah, with, surely. Yeah. But the thing is with Matt, like he takes a little while, but he does understand that for the greater good, for the good of the show, yeah. he's got to accept that maybe this time he's not the star. He's not the headliner. He swallows it. Yeah. And that's he hard. Has to. Yeah. 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 You know, if you want to be a comedian, yeah. you're on a bill with other people some nights you'll be the funniest one or you'll go best and Mm -hmm. other nights you won't because the audience is always different i do like in the book you talk about comedy like you talk about the business of it that probably kids don't get to hear about from anywhere else the idea of like you know of that kind of stuff of working on the show of getting better or flyering and like the grubby bits behind the scenes sure yeah it's cool yeah it's because i'm really just still really interested in it yeah you know and it's sort of it's the sort of thing that you never actually get the hang of you never completely master it so uh, even now, you get nights where you know, I get nights where I'm thinking I could have done that better, or how would I have improved on that? So, um, yeah, it's endlessly fascinating, actually, stand-up comedy. So, what's next for Matt? Does he does he have like a five-year plan? Does he have a little a little ambition or an aim you reckon what, he's going to get to after this? After this, yeah, yeah. Well, I have I don't have any plans to write another one. Okay. Ooh. This might yes, it might be the <laughs> what have I just uncovered an exclusive? What? It might not be. At the end of this, what well, it says, that's all from him. Good night. 
Which is a slightly... For now. Normally I say, uh, it's all from him for now anyway. Good night. Oh, interesting. Mm. But I do have another. I do have another, a few other ideas for him. And then the other idea I had was possibly that we should pursue um, Kitty Hope's comedy agency. I mean, Kitty is fascinating. She's yeah. an absolute boss. Mm. She She's the school... Uh, like as if I was going to say a school agent. I mean, schools don't tend to have agents. Yeah. But she gets more people on the books as the days go by. That's right. And she's was her grandfather like the manager of the Palladium and that kind That's of thing. That's right. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, Bernie Hopestein. If yes, if there's a spin-off, <laughs> if there's a spin-off there, that would be lovely. I also love the little tie-in, the, the Wet Fizz Awards, yeah, the, the Perry Award, that kind of thing. Like it yeah. must be nice to put everything you know about comedy into a book sure. and just, just subvert it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I had a, a lot of fun writing it. I must say. So this brings me on. I've made a little Edinburgh quiz for you. Oh, okay, great. Just five questions, just Mm -hmm. to see, like, just... Five questions. Just five questions. I'm not going to judge you too heavily, but I will. Right. You know, I will think, Mm. you know, I will think less Mm. of you, to be honest. Uh, I think you'll get these. I think you'll be okay. Just to to judge your Edinburgh fringe credentials. Um, Can you name, uh, can you give me some other names for the Perrier Awards? Uh, Is it the Fosters? uh, Yeah. Yeah, there's one. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. I just wanted yeah. one, but the panic yeah. in your eyes was interesting. Um, can I don't know what it is now. What is it now? Is it still Foster's? I think it's the Eddies now. They've right. just they've just oh, okay. tried to they've yeah. just got rid of all of that. Um, when did the Edinburgh Fringe begin? Was it nineteen forty six, forty seven, or forty eight? I've got the, I've got an idea. It's forty seven, but I don't know. It is forty seven. Is it? Yeah. Yes. You've, oh, okay. Mm. This is very good. If you were to watch every single show on at the Fringe, how long would it take you? Oh, I can give you multiple choice if you'd okay, like. Okay, yeah. Is it five years, 12 months, or a decade? <laughs> 12 months? Five years. Five years Apparently, wow. yeah. It's 30,000 shows and somebody's, somebody's done the maths already yeah, on that. Yeah, great. Uh, can you name some winners for best show? Best show? Best show. What, for the, or you mean like the Perry? The Perry the, yeah, yeah. Any, any winners? <laughs> yeah. Al, um, Al Murray? Yeah. Mm, uh, Lano and Woodley. Okay, that's a niche reference. They beat, well, they beat me. <laughs> right. <laughs> no one's ever heard of them. They were an Australian duo. Uh, John Cairns. Uh-huh. Um, two more? Two more. Oh, gosh. Who won it this year? Jordan Brooks yeah. won it this year. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Not... Um, I'll take a best new Oh, uh, uh, did Frank Skinner win it? No. I feel like he did. I'm going to say yes. I think he did. Yeah, why not? Um, and it's best not to win it. In in many ways, it's best not to win it because then you have all the expectation. And then you just you can still put it on your poster, can't yeah. you? Nominated for the award. Yeah. yeah. That's probably pretty good. No one, you know, on the whole, no one remembers the winners. <laughs> Is that what you tell yourself? <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, apart from comedy, can you name three of the categories of show in the Fringe programme? Three of the categories? Yeah. When you're looking for what shows to go and see. Oh, I don't know. Dr- uh, drama. Yeah, that'll do, yeah. Comedy, music. I don't know. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, children's, dance, or oh, as yeah. I've written here, dance, etc. Events, mm. exhibitions, yeah. So okay. I'll, t- I'll take drama. Right. Uh, brilliant stuff. And so we should say that Matt Mills is out right now. It's Matt Mills on tour. On tour. It's the green one, not the blue or the it's red the one. It's the green one, yeah. Ask for the green one. Ask for the, ask for the green Matt Mills book. They'll know exactly what you mean straight away. Fab, Uh, Harry, thank you so much for chatting to us. Nice, lovely to talk to you. Perfect, thanks. Next, let's have a little chat with Robin Stevens. 
Right, I'm joined in the studio by Robin Stevens. Hello. Hello, thank you for having me again. Welcome back to Fun Kids. Yeah, I know, this is wonderful. Um, you're officially a friend of the show, which is something we'll discuss a little bit later. <gasps> because thank I you. think this is your fourth time here. Something like that. I'm, I'm back a lot. Pretty, I pretty read a lot deal. of books. <laughs> <laughs> you really do. And you've got a brand new one out. Uh, it's Top Marks for Murder. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, so Top Marks for Murder is uh, the eighth book in the Murder Most and Ladylike Mysteries series. Daisy and Hazel have solved seven murders to this point, and this is their eighth. This is also the third murder mystery at their school, Deep Dean. I've already had Murder Must and Ladylike, the one that starts the series, sure. where they find their teacher lying dead on the gym floor. Uh, and then they're back at Deep Dean in Jolly Foul Play when a student is murdered. And for this one, I was trying to think about what other group of people are at a school that I could maybe uh, use as a victim. Who's and at I, risk? And I realised, of course, another group of people at a school are parents. So this book is all about parents. Uh, a parent is murdered uh, at the beginning of the gala weekend for Deep Dean's 50th anniversary. Hazel and Daisy are back as well. <laughs> they are back, yes. Back with a vengeance. Um, but Deep Dean has changed. There is a new girl at school. She is the most popular girl in school. Uh, everyone looks up to her and Daisy is feeling very left out. Well, they've been away for a little while, haven't they? Yes. She kind of expected to keep her top dog status. Anyone else wouldn't have, but Daisy does. Daisy thinks she's always got to be the one in charge. Uh, no, when they go back, things have changed as well. Of getting the new girl, like you know, their friends have grown up as well. Yes. Yes, all their friends are very different from the last time uh, we've met them. We last saw them um, in the fifth book, I think. So it's been a while uh, and it's, I think, really nice for fans to be able to uh, see these characters again and see how they've grown up. I've got to say, if I was a parent of a child at Deep Dean, I would be quite like, you know what, I'm going to pop you in the local comp. I don't, I don't know whether I'm going to put you Everyone, back there. Everyone's in danger at Deep Dean. I don't know why it's not been closed down, to be honest. But <laughs> it works. So uh, this, this book is set in 1936, is that yes, right? Yes, 1936. Is it quite exciting to be able to write something like historical as well? well as mystery. It is, yeah. I love doing it. I mean, obviously, the main point of these books is the mystery story, the gruesome murders in each one. Um, but I do love putting in historical details. And I love the fact that we're slowly moving towards World War Two. Things are ramping up now. We have little hints about what is going on in the world. I was going to ask you about this, actually, because you do you do move with the times. You don't, you know, the characters don't stay still. They don't stay the same age. Is that a, like a choice that you wanted to like actually grow them up a little bit? Yeah, no, I I like the fact that they get older in each book. I grew up with Harry Potter, uh, who, of course, got a year older in each book. Daisy and Hazel aren't quite like that, but they're about a few months older in each new book. Uh, and I really like writing about different challenges, uh, because obviously, when you are 13, 14, 15, things are changing all the time. You're changing, your friends are changing. And I want to write about that as well. Do you think that you will aim to write more books then uh, set in the war? Is that your... Eventually in the very far future? I have plans. They are classified. But I have lots more ideas about Daisy and Hazel and their world. Lots more things I want to write. So yeah, watch this space. Now, if any listeners are thinking, how do I write a mystery book? It seems quite tricky, right? Because it's like putting a puzzle together almost, but you're inventing the puzzle. How do you do it? It's actually very easy. It's sort of a trick that murder mystery authors, mystery authors play on their readers to make it seem really difficult and confusing. But if you just start off by writing down everything about the crime, writing down who did it and why they did it, when and how, and all the different bits of the crime itself, making notes, really careful, careful notes, uh, then when you come to actually write the book, you know exactly what happened. And so you can trick your readers because you're never confused or tricked yourself. Uh, so the key is to know 
what happens in the crime and then everything just flows and uh, yeah you can trick everyone else so it's good planning yes oh excellent and I know that the the Murder Most and Like series has so many super fans now you must see or meet or hear from a lot of them what kind of stuff do your, your fans get up to do they dress like the characters how does it you know yes um, a lot of them dressed as Daisy and Hazel and Kitty and Vinnie and Lavinia and George and Alexander uh, for last World Book Day which was really exciting to see uh, I've heard of a lot of detectives societies across the country and across the world. Um, That is very popular. Also, a lot of people writing their own murder mysteries, their own murder most unladylike mystery stories, which is wonderful to hear. So there'll be a lot of budding authors and a lot of budding detectives. That's so great. Now, I should ask you, just in case people are thinking, hmm, what should I look for when I read the book? So if they pick up the brand new book, is there one thing that they should pay special attention to or one clue that they maybe wouldn't have realised was there otherwise? Oh, that is an interesting question. I would say um, pay a lot of attention in this book to Beanie. Uh, Beanie is a very important character. She is one of Daisy and Hazel's best friends. And this book is all about her and her family. Oh, okay. So you've been here a few times at Fun Kids. Yes, I have. And you've reached a status for us now, which makes us pretty much good friends. And you're a friend of the show, officially. Thank you. So to get a feel for you as a friend of the show, I'm going to give you uh, our special friend of the show quiz. <gasps> okay. You're only the second person to do this oh. quiz. The first person was Danny Wallace, because <laughs> uh-huh. he's been in four times How did as well. he do? So he did, he did well. We had one uh, slight disagreement on one question, mm, okay. <laughs> which, which I'll, uh, I'll come back to later. But I think I think you'll be fine. It's I'm not going to judge you. It's just, you know, so we can get your plaque up on the wall. We can, you know get you know the certificates out and that kind of thing do I get a badge we might get you a badge that was discussed last time actually the idea of a blue peter badge but a fun kids badge would be quite good absolutely the first question is if I gave you 30 pence would you buy a curly whirly or a freddo I think I'd buy a curly whirly. Curly whirly. Danny Wallace said the same thing. That was How our do you feel? that was our disagreement. I said Freddo, but oh. I, apparently I am in the minority. I'm going to have to accept this. Yeah. So curly whirly. Okay, maybe it's a friend of the show theme. Uh, can you give me one fun kids fact? Maybe something about the studio or outside, or maybe the name of another presenter, or something you know about fun kids from being here four times. Maybe you can mention outside in the office. The thing that I always notice is the tomatoes that you grow. It's really cool. <laughs> we have tomatoes outside. We do. We have a little garden outside. <laughs> Who would be your dream guest for afternoon tea? My dream guest. Can I pick somebody dead? Sure, you can. I'm going to go for Agatha Christie. Great it might show. Be dangerous, but kind of interesting. I uh, I recently went to the hotel that Agatha Christie. Paragates, the Swan, yeah. Yes, and I thought of you when I was there. Oh, I've been in there. It's pilgrimage. It's wonderful. It's incredible. Isn't yeah. it? Can you give me either? The name of any of One Direction, or can you name a Taylor Swift song? 1989. Great, that'll do me. Would you rather be in the book club or listen to the Science Weekly? Book club, of course. Great, because also that is my podcast. Ah. <laughs> uh, this is multiple choice. This is quite tricky. Sean from The Breakfast Show, he hosts the show with who? Is it A, Anton Deck, B, a robot, or C, a dragon? Mm, robot? A robot, yes. Congrats. And finally, uh, because this show is called The Club, Mm -hmm. if you were to invent a club, what would it be called? The Detection Club. Detection Club? Yeah. Excellent. And you'd go detectiving things? Yeah, obviously. Perfect. I actually had one when I was younger, which is probably partly why Daisy and Hazel uh, have a detective society. So, yeah. It, It all makes sense now. 
Excellent. Well, Robin, you are officially a friend of the show. Thank, Thank you so you. much. We will give you your certificate in the post, obviously. We'll get it printed out. That's fine. <laughs> we'll oh, get I'm that honored. sorted. And we should say uh, Top Marks for Murder is out right now. It is out everywhere. You won't be able to miss it. And it's got a lovely cover as well. Beautiful. It's coral. You will see it shining up off the tables at you. Fab. Thank you so much. Thank you. Perfect. I believe Robin Stevens just has one more book to come out in her murder mystery series. So hopefully she'll be back in the studio again next year for that. Next up, it's time to hear a reading from Sam Copeland. It was there and then that it first happened. It began with a twitching in his eye. Charlie froze to the spot, feeling his eyelid blink manically. His eye had twitched before when he'd been tired, but this felt different somehow. It felt like somebody just plugged him into a wall socket. The twitching spread to his other eye, and both eyes were blinking and twitching. A feeling burst through the whole of his body, like he'd just been shot through an electrical wire, like he was the electricity. Every part of his body fizzed and hummed. The fizzing and humming became stronger until he felt he was on fire. But a fire inside a never-ending tube squeezed and vibrating. His skin felt extraordinary, alive. He looked at his arm and, with some considerable alarm, saw that hair was sprouting out of every part of his skin. Weirdly, the room was growing larger too. But no, Charlie realised, the room wasn't growing larger... It was him who was shrinking. Smaller and smaller he shrank, the room growing ever larger around him. And his body, Charlie hardly dared look, his body was transforming. Completely. Extra legs were growing out of him, which is every bit as gross as you could imagine. And finally he felt new eyes emerging out of his head, which was possibly even grosser than the new legs. Charlie recognised almost immediately that he was turning into a spider. And finally, in our best of 2019 podcast, let's go back to that time I had a little chat with A.M. Howell. Uh, so I'm joined by the author Anne-Marie Howell. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming by Fun Kids. Now, you are here to talk about your very first book, is that right? I am. My first book, The Garden of Lost Secrets, which is just about to come out. So tell us a little bit about it. So the book is a historical mystery set during the First World War. And it's about a girl called Clara who goes to stay with her aunt and uncle in the grounds of a country estate. And when she arrives there, she finds lots of mysterious things are going on. There's a locked door and a hidden key and a boy in the gardens that she can only see at night and she's got a secret of her own and it's one she keeps in her pocket and it's about her brother who is away fighting during the war and so the whole book is about her uncovering all the secrets of the gardens and finding out the biggest mystery of all who is stealing the earl's pineapples from the hothouses <gasps> what a mystery da, da, da. the yes, earl's pineapple exactly. I didn't even know they had pineapples in World War One. yes they did they did and they've been, they've been growing them um, for quite a long time in country houses it's a real sort of status symbol to grow pineapples and they're very very difficult to grow right. so quite often you'll see sort of pineapple statues or um, pineapples on pillars when you go to a country house and that's a sign that the people there used to grow pineapples. This is interesting okay so would you have had to do your research about World War One and pineapples and all I the things did. in between? I did, I did lots of research and I ate a huge number of pineapples when I was doing my research <laughs> as well which wasn't bad, that was a really good side of the research. Yes we did lots of research into World War One um, and also the history of pineapple growing and where they came from and how to grow them and I've even got my own pineapple at home that I'm trying to keep alive but they're very very difficult very temperamental plants I did not know you could 
grow them in England at all? You can. We have to keep them inside, obviously, and keep them very warm. But I'm not very successful at growing them, so I definitely won't be a pineapple grower. That's not my new career. I think I'll stick as an author. That's fair enough. I think that's probably the best. What's Clara like as a character to write? Was she fun? Because I guess she goes on a bit of an adventure. She must have, like... You know, having a, having a secret is always exciting as a character. It is. She was a really, really fun character to write. And she's got all these internal secrets and then arrives to find there are even more secrets. So it's a very multi-layered story. And that's what was so fun to kind of work out how all these intricacies of how the stories would fit together and how all the secrets would unravel. And hopefully it's a really good conclusion at the end and the readers will be satisfied that they've found out what the secrets all meant. Now, am I right in thinking this was inspired by a notebook that you found? It is. I didn't find it personally, but it's a really good story. The um, The book is based um, on a country house called Ickworth, which is in Suffolk, near right. where I live, now run by the National Trust. And on a very wet day, the gardeners were having a clear out in their sheds. And behind the filing cabinet, they found a notebook. And when they opened it, they found it was 100 years old. Wow. And it belonged to a gardener who used to work on the estate. And this idea really captivated me. And in the notebook, I imagined all sorts of really amazing things, maybe pictures of the gardens or secrets of the person that worked there. But I found out it was actually lists of types of fruit and it was 240 different types of fruit and veg that were grown there 100 years ago. And I thought it was lovely, but I was also slightly disappointed and thought... Great story about finding the notebook, but maybe there's another story here that I can write. Maybe there's a story here about a notebook and a boy who keeps secret thoughts in his notebook and even bigger secret things. And that's where the idea came from. Oh, right. So had you always wanted to write a book, you just weren't too sure in which place to take it in and then suddenly this came to you and you were like, World War One, that's the place to be. Yeah, I think I started doing some research into the history of the gardens and Ickworth itself and found out lots of interesting things about the home front, war on the home front. Mm-hmm. And um, what happened was the Earl would allow the Suffolk Regiment to come and practice firing their rifles on the estate oh. um, to give them practice before they went off to the front to fight. And it must have been very scary in this very rural Suffolk area to suddenly hear all this gunfire going off. And I had this vision of this young girl in the gardens hearing the gunfire and seeing the pineapples being grown and the story just started to all really come together all these elements just piled in and I just kind of rushed home to start writing really. Was Clara just in your head straight away? She was she was definitely in my head as somebody that was struggling with a secret somebody that wanted to be brave that wasn't because her father is currently recovering from gas poisoning so he's sort of out of the picture and she's very worried about him and worried about her brother and has lots of worries and it's about her coming to terms with this and her own life and her own abilities to to get through life. If I was you researching this, I would have just gone to loads of stately homes and been like, oh, it's fine, I'm here for research, sorry guys, and pretended to live in them, basically. Yeah, I did do a bit of that. Did you? <laughs> I did, particularly with the hot houses, because hot houses were a big feature in the book, and they are in the book a lot. And I went to Cambridge Botanical Gardens, where they've got an amazing hot house, and they don't grow pineapples there, sadly, but it's really, really lovely place to go and visit. It's very hot and humid and very tropical inside. And I wanted to go in and sort of feel what my characters were feeling in the book. And it was the amazing experience to go in there and listen to the drips of condensation and feel the warmth and it really helped me write the story so I think when I do research I love to go to a place and actually feel the place yeah and that really helps me write the book and do you think Clara will be back for any more adventures do you feel like she might come come join you again never say never you have to wait and read the end of the book and see what happens at the end hopefully the ending's quite satisfying but um I have got another book due to come out next year with Osborne which is again historical fiction setting Edwardian Cambridge oh, okay um so that one's going to come out next year Oh, that's exciting. That's a bit of a tease for us. I can't say too much more about it at the moment. It's currently being read by my editor, so I don't want to give too much away. That's fair enough. We'll have you back for that one. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, definitely come back. And uh, I do a little thing with authors where I do a quick fire round of questions. 
just to get a feel for you as an author and just, you know, figure out where you're at, if that's okay. Lovely. Far away. Excellent. So, first up, super easy. Books or Kindles? Books. Yeah, everyone says that. Every time. Books. Heroes or villains? Heroes. Okay. Would you prefer this is more of a garden question? Paved over patio or a grassy lawn? Paved over patio. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. I'd have thought from your garden background you'd go no, for No, we've just moved to a really modern house with a paved over patio. Oh, okay. And AstroTurf. <laughs> AstroTurf. <laughs> uh, film adaptation or TV adaptation? TV adaptation. Mm. Writing or reading? Oh, that's so hard. That's impossible. I know it's both. It's got both? to be both. Writing and reading. Sorry. I find that really difficult, that one. Yeah. Emma Carroll or Catherine Rundle? Oh, no. Another really <laughs> terrible one. Terrible one. Um... Catherine Rundle. Catherine Rundle. I'll let her know. Hogwarts or Narnia? Narnia. Narnia. Uh, laptop or write by hand? Laptop. Bookshop visit or school tour? Again, impossible. The school tours I've done this week have been amazing, so I, I can't pick. It's got to be bookshop. Bookshop, And okay. a school tour. Okay, at the same time. Same time. Brilliant. At the same time. That's fine. Roald Dahl or Jacqueline Wilson? Oh, Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl. Yeah. Do you write nine to five or do you write whenever you fancy? Whenever I fancy. Oh, what a lovely thing to do. And finally, the big one. This is the most important question. Salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Oh, cheese and onion every oh, time. No! Yes! You're doing so well until then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you off, though, because you've written a good book, so it's totally fine. Oh, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll let you win that one. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming to chat to us. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. And no problem at all. And good luck with the next one. Thank you so much. Thanks. Go and get your copy of The Garden of Lost Secrets. It's out today. And that's pretty much it from the Fun Kids Book Club podcast for this episode and this year. But we'll be back super soon remember to rate review and subscribe and tell all your friends to listen to the fun kids book club podcast so that was a podcast from the children's radio station fun kids listen on dab digital radio across the uk or online at funkidslive.com hello everyone i'm cressida cowell author of how to train your dragon and i'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series which way to anywhere It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading!